The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. No ways. Oma had enough kleren for two months. I told you, we had our house work done. February is still icy in Holland. Mees het laa en laa kleere nodig om jou teen koue te panser. Hey, jy het ons jasse vraas ons afklimmer die lichaven. En ons oornachtig. Het is jylle al op pad, ek doog jylle vlug is van hand. Ons wil jy ons vlug verpas nie. Ah, oom, gee jy kel. Hoe ga jy nou met die pakkasie oor die weg kom? Naming van ook was. Ons nie hopeloos nie, Dunnikie, dit is glad die probleem nie. Maria, sal jy daai vast? Vat jy daai klomp? Ja, sal jy daai klomp? Is daar nog goed boer, Hilda? Het jylle alles? Die kaartjes, die paspoorte? Alles, alles. All on that day, will I run to the rock? Please hide me and run to the rock. Please hide me and run to the rock. Please hide me, Lord. All on that day, but the rock cried out. I can't hide you, the rock cried out. I can't hide you, the rock cried out. I ain't gonna hide you, God. All on that day, I said, rock. that of course played especially this morning for our guest Annalisa Vela. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you for having me. And of course everybody's saying Hilda, Hilda from Sieven de Laan. <laughs> I- I'm sure you're quite used to that by now. Uh, yes I am. I've been doing it for well over 17 years. Um, I was there from the beginning and we started in 2000. Does that bother you? That, you know, the, the, this character has become so much a part of our South African society that um, people in some instances, I could imagine, find it difficult to see you as yourself beyond this character. 
Yes, <clears throat> excuse me. I think I think that does happen with uh, soap characters or characters that are sort of in your space day after day. I think people uh, identify with the character and they 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 can't really differentiate between you and the character, which is fine, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not upset about that. You don't strike me as someone who'd be upset about something like that or uptight in any sort of way. Uh, you do strike me. You come across as a very easygoing person. Uh, would that be accurate? Um, well, I'm a, I'm a people's person. So I, um, I suppose, I'd, I'd hate to admit it, but I suppose I'm a bit of a people's pleaser as well. So I try and make uh, life as pleasant as possible. Well, and um, of course, you know, we want to get to know you better this morning. Um, uh, Zimas, uh, Zimasa says, Sakina, playing that favorite Nina Simone track there, Cinnamon, <laughs> just got me out of bed dancing. And Melissa, <laughs> for you, that's one of your favorites as well. How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> we know a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, I must say, I, I, I do love dancing. I never, um, I didn't do ballet or anything or any kind of dancing at, at, as, a, as a, a young child, but I've always loved dancing. And if I, as Elvis said, if you haven't got a partner, use a wooden chair. So I very often dance on my own. Uh, I put on a CD that I like and then... Um, my dog doesn't always approve, but uh, then <laughs> I just go for it. Sien, uh, shame, Sien has passed away. He, he was did? My, yes. Oh. He was my Rottweiler, which I saved from neighbors next door. You spoke of him so fondly. I'm really sorry oh, he, for your loss. Yeah. That was a couple of years ago, and then I got uh, another little girl, and she also died, shame. Oh. But I have got one dog left now, um, a Vimarana called Zara. Zara. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then uh, we'll talk about you and your dogs later on. Uh, but, um, you know, many people uh, uh, concurring. Jim uh, Pasquale Augustine also loving that song, Your Taste in Music. Oh, good. What, what was it about Nina Simone and where does it take you to? Well, um, we used to, Nina Simone was our big, big favorite when we were, when I was a student. And... Um, I had a friend who lived quite close to the drama department at UCT. He had a flat, and uh, I always used to sneak off in between lectures, and we used to, well, at, in the daytime we didn't drink wine, but we used to drink coffee and eat popcorn and listen to Nina Simone. Wow. So good memories. Good a, a, memories. A good place in, yeah. in your life. But let's talk about you, um, you know, your life as a youngster. You were born in Cape Town. Seapoint, right. yes. and um, speak to us about your family. Um, your father was Ewald. My father was German. Yeah, uh, and my mum was Afrikaans. Talk to us about them. Um, yeah, my my mum was quite an unusual person. Um, she she didn't come from a very conventional Afrikaans background, and she started um, a, a tea room in Seapoint, which was was a quite adventurous for a woman of, of, of that age or rather that period in time um, and my my uh, my mom's mom and and dad often used especially my my opa uh, who i didn't know he died before I was born but um he was also quite an eccentric character he used to 
play musical instruments. He had a shop, but he was a useless businessman. And uh, <laughs> so he didn't get very, very far, but he was a very, uh, very musical. He wrote poetry and um, he often used to ta- entertain uh, people from overseas. And that's how my dad got to know the family. He was invited out and they used to have musical evenings and stuff. And my dad was nine years older than my mom. And then he was interned with the war thing. And spent four years in in the camp. And when he came out, my grandmother said to my mom, go and meet him at the station. And then they sort of got it together. And um, then I was born. And four years later, uh, my brother was born. And um, you lived in Seapoint at first? Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, I think I... I, I I can't remember how old I was. Um, I think I was still a baby, in fact, when they moved to Pinelands because they, uh, my mum had a flat in mm. Seapoint and then they obviously wanted to move to our house. So then we moved to Pinelands and I was there till, I think, till I was about eight. But I was very bad asthmatic and uh, the doctor um, encouraged my parents to move away because the Pinelands was a very damp area. And that's when we moved to Durbanville. Now, you said something, I read this somewhere, where you said, uh, uh, re, uh, uh, talking about your bad asthma, mm. that you think that was partly um, the reason why you never really grew out, because you're a very tiny person. Yeah, and nobody else is this small in my family. Um, and I I don't know, it's just a theory. Um, I was I was on cortisone for many years. And I don't know. I think that's stunted my growth. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, it didn't stunt your brain at all. <laughs> so, so, so what were you like as a child? Um, I was um, I, I was a bit pampered, I think, because I, I was so ill. My poor brother had, was a bit neglected. He sort of had to get on with it. And because of my constant asthma attacks, and I was often in hospital and whatever, and that's actually, I think, where... The, my parents were encouraged to keep me busy so that I wouldn't, because I think asthma is a very psychological illness. You know, it becomes physical, but it's triggered by anxiety and uh, all kinds of things. And then my mum, I started playing the piano when I was five, and that sort of kept me busy, you know, so Mm. that I wouldn't. And then I started drama lessons. Um, My first drama teacher was our neighbor in, in Durbanville, and um, gradually, I think I also had a, a chain, a, a, a sort of, I think I got to a point where I didn't want to have this horrible illness anymore. And I gradually sort of psyched myself out of it. It took a couple of years, but I've outgrown it altogether. And favorite subject at school? Um, probably languages. I, I, I was I was quite a studious little person. Mm. I wasn't a great student. I didn't always understand what I mean. I, I was a hard worker. So, but you you, you eventually, uh, because of that hard work, did well. It did pay off. Yeah. And then you said you had a drama teacher who was a neighbour. Um, so at that point, did you already decide that this was the direction you wanted to take career-wise, or was that? Again, just to keep you busy and your mind off your health issues. Yeah, um, 
I I also was very fond of playing the piano, and at one th- point I thought that might be my career, but I was I was in a way too nervous. I used to <laughs> perspire a lot, which isn't very good for keeping your hands on the right keys. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I think it gradually became quite evident that that was my interest. So you went to UCT to actually yes. study drama. Yes. I started off because I thought I should get a BA, and I thought it would be very good to have Annalisa Violand BA. I thought that would really sound good. <laughs> but I, oh, I was so useless. I, I was not well prepared to go to university. I, I would, you know, drama, I knew I was, what I was doing. But even when I looked at the prospectus, I didn't know what any of these things meant. I didn't even know what... Uh, I didn't really know what philosophy meant and I mm. didn't know what psychology meant. And I thought, oh, God, I better, I better stick to things I know, like English, Afrikaans, <laughs> history, German, which were incredibly <laughs> difficult subjects. And, I mean, I was useless. I also didn't know how to take notes properly. I'd be, I'd be in the lecture room and then the, the lecturer would say, the settlers arrived in, and I'd be writing away, and then somebody would cough, and I'd miss the <laughs> most important bit of information. Oh, I was absolutely useless. So I did uh, uh, Afrikaans, English, and German, and History 1, I think. And then I said to my parents, sorry, uh, I think I must just fly this and just concentrate on the drama, which is then what I did. And my parents were very sweet and very lenient, and it cost them a lot of money to change my my direction, but they they supported me. And you enjoyed that? Yes, I did. I then <clears throat> I then was uh, I had found my niche, and I was very happy, and um, I felt I was just wasting my time doing the other things, you know. And then and. and I'm, I'm trying to imagine how this happened, you know, describing yourself as this uh, nervous, intense little person. Yeah. And then here you have to go and do perhaps one of the most nerve-wracking things <laughs> ever, you know, getting up on a stage <clears throat> in front of people and performing. Yeah. How, how did that work? You know, I think, um, I think for anybody going into a career, it's always, it's always a hard road. Because you're insecure, you don't know what you're doing. And especially in the, the world of theatre, people are very harsh. The criticism is very harsh and uh, very often annihilating. And you just have to steel yourself. And, and I think uh, what is also possibly part of the redeeming thing is that you assume another character. So you can hide, as it were, behind a character. But you've got to be strong enough in yourself not to adopt the character totally, if you know what I mean. Mm. It's a bit of a schizophrenic kind of profession, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually quite silly to want to be somebody else. (laughs) You know, one of the intriguing facts that I stumbled across, um, you know, reading up on you, was that you actually were the voice behind Heidi. That's right, yeah. No, no, see, <laughs> Heidi was and still is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, she was a very fabulous little person. But, but I can just hear Heidi's yeah. voice. How did that come about? I'm not quite sure. Um, I know that Katinka Haynes was, was uh, dubbing the series, and I think it's originally a Japanese yeah. uh, uh, um, uh, animation. 
and they were looking for somebody to play the part. And I think what what was the um, the factor that that made them decide on me is you know she used to laugh a lot. Remember yeah, her mouth used to be so joyous. wide, yeah. and they, <laughs> so they wanted somebody who could sustain that silly laugh. And I think <laughs> on the grounds of that, I got the role. Wow. And um, I, I must just say, I'm still, I'm watching Heidi again. There's a rerun somewhere. Right? Yeah. I can't believe I told everybody that. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it brings back good memories from it one's is. childhood. It's a, it's a very, it was a very, you know, even working on an animation, it was a very moving, the, the characters really were sort of got under one's skin and they were very, it was a very moving sort of thing. Mm. Because Heidi also, in as much as there was a lot of laughter and uh, good times, a, a very interesting story, a tale uh, behind yeah, it all. Remember her little blind, the blind granny, and and Clara who was in her with the wheelchair, and um, her little friend Peter. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was a very very special special series it certainly was still is and then of course um also um one of the interesting things that uh, you said to me was that you are actually english speaking uh, yes i um <clears throat> we we spoke english well a sort of an english i suppose with my afrikaans mother my german dad uh we <laughs> spoke english i think also because we grew up Certainly in the Pinelands days, we grew up in an English-speaking community. And um, when I went to school in Durbanville, we had a dual medium. So the teachers spoke Afrikaans and English, not equally well on either side. But um, it was it was uh, quite good to be able to, be, to have been brought up like that. But we spoke mainly English. And when my mom's family came to visit, we switch to Afrikaans and stuff, but, but mainly English. Which is also very interesting. And of course, uh, before I forget to do uh, the honours, as I usually do on a Friday, 891 that's the call-in number. Uh, and uh, Annalisa Weiland is our guest this morning. And if you're wondering, who's that? <laughs> Hilda. From Siemenland, <laughs> that's who we have in studio this morning. Four zero nine three eight is the SMS line number, charged at one hundred fifty per SMS, and you can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. And then, of course, your big break in TV. How and when did that come about? You know, uh, that was so 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 long ago. I think it was about forty years ago. <clears throat> um, television had just started. And I did my first. It was it was not in the studio. We filmed um, something called Lisbeth Slap Eight, which we which we it was a film. It wasn't uh, done in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I did some other Afrikaans things. And then I was in a a, a series called Ninety Nine Caroline Street, which we did shoot in the studios here at the SABC. And um, it was quite a fun, quite comedy. Lots, we had a lot of fun, and um, then I did a number of um, I did a number of Afrikaans series, Doctor Doctor, Drama Drama, and we did quite a lot of classics in the olden days. We did um, um, Chekhov, we did uh, we did uh, Hamlet, Shakespeare thing, 
And, <clears throat> excuse me, we were very lucky to have been able to, to do all that. Um, but I th- times have changed, and, you know, I don't think the, there's a budget for that sort of thing anymore. And apart from um, Hilda, what was your favorite character ever that you played? Uh, it was probably um, a thing that I did years and years and years ago, a stage play called Elizabeth One, where I played Elizabeth. Uh, that was probably one of my favorites. And Why? Then, I don't know, it was just such a, a creative process. You know, my best thing is to um, work in a group of, with, you know, creating something together. Uh, which is possibly also why Simon Delon was so special because we, it was all new. We all had to work to create our characters. We were all there from the inception. And I think um, it was just such a fun and uh, the, the Elizabeth one um, play I'm talking about now. It was just such a lot of fun and, and so creative. Um, I think that's what I liked about it the most. And looking at the Hilda character and Sievan Delan over the years, how do you feel about her today? Um, as I say, things things change. You know, nothing stays the same. And uh, the Hilda's gone through quite a journey. You know, she started off at Sievan Delan. Um, she was the secretary to a doctor, and. Things happen inside and outside of a soap. So what happened was the guy who played the doctor left. So <laughs> so Hilda didn't have a job. Um, and uh, so then gradually she, I think I think I worked in Opie Coffee for a while, but I wasn't very good because mm. somehow I'd, I'd never find the camera. <laughs> They'd always say, please try and find the camera. So then, uh, and then they, um, they devised, the the Delhi as as a as a, a, a sort of a meeting place for people, and then I started working in the Delhi, and um, that of course afforded a lot of um, comedy stuff. With I remember one uh, episode where she burnt all her fingers, so she had a little plaster on I each of the fingers, <laughs> but she'd still come to work. And so there were there were many, uh, and then of course. Uh, uh, Hilda got married to Obas, mm. and then they were more the sort of comedy relief. But that has changed a little bit as well. Um, I think they felt that they wanted a little bit more a serious thrust to the to the um, to the episodes. And um, but now it seems as if they're bringing the comedy thing slightly back. So. I, you know, Hilda has undergone an interesting, an interesting journey. Indeed. Let me read a few messages. Uh, Unati Kwaza says, Hilda's role has never been the same, though, since uh, Maria left uh, Siavandalan, and I hope she comes back, and Hilda is great. Yeah. Uh, and then this one, um, okay, there, it jumped on me. I'll come back to those. Uh, but, of course, Joyce also saying, uh, thanks, Akina, for the music. Uh, you can play that anytime, <laughs> any place. And, uh, of course, that is uh, Nalisa's music choice this morning. But, of course, when you started out on Siavandalan, as you say, you were part of uh, the people who started yes. when it just began. Yes. 
did you think that it would last this long? What 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 were the expectations? What was the outlook at that time? Well, no, that we we didn't we didn't really know. I think we were given uh, a period in which to see whether it was going to work at all. So it was very much we were very grateful when the contract was accepted and when it was renewed. And in fact, um, the actors only have a year-on-year contract. So every August, uh, we wait with bated breath to see if our contracts are going to be renewed. Um, That's terribly unsettling. (laughs) I I know exactly what you're talking about, but it's terribly unsettling. It is a bit unsettling, but you know, I think they... They have the right to, it's their product, and they have the right to make decisions for whatever reasons they do. Um, so one, you know, one, one has to abide by the decisions that they make. I guess you don't have much of a choice in that regard, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things, you know, that the industry has been battling with, but yeah. um, it is what it is. I reach the top and I hit to stop and that's what's bothering me. I wanna be a man maker and stroll right into town and be just like them other men. I'm tired of mugging around. Oh, be do. I wanna be like you. I wanna walk like you. Talk like you You'll see it's true. And ain't like me. To make my dream come true Now give me the secret maker Come on, clue me what to do Give me the power of a man's red flower So I can be like you Oh, be do I wanna be like you Feeling nice, feeling nice, feeling nice, feeling nice. 
about you, you know. <laughs> no, you don't, but serious. <laughs> So who do you want to be like in conversation this morning with Annalisa Vyland? And who you love that song. What do you want to be like? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's hard enough being myself. <laughs> I can imagine. But, um, you know, just again, um, amazing how the listeners are enjoying your choice of music this morning. Oh, uh, Latish says, I'm tapping my feet in the <laughs> office. And uh, then I've got a message here from Alice uh, Zulu. Alice says, morning, SK, loving the show. And Hilda, too. SK, you always make the program interesting. God bless you. Happy Friday. You know what, Alice? It's about the guest, and, and, and guests are everything. I always say this uh, to the guests as well. Um, any show is only as good as the guest. And then there's another message here. Um, it's from Sepati. Sepati says, Sakina, I love the Hilda character so much. Very funny uh, with Obas. And uh, it doesn't amaze you, you know, how many people actually across the spectrum, across uh, the political, the racial, the social spectrum, yeah. they actually identify with these characters yeah i think i think there's something quite endearing about uh, uh the hilda and obos couple there's something um a little bit gullible about them and um a little bit yeah <laughs> well they're quite stupid actually <laughs> i was trying to in be nice, nice about them in a nice way and and i wouldn't even say stupid yeah. they just they goofy yeah yeah you think oh my goodness a little bit brain damaged at times. <laughs> but would you change anything about that dynamic? Would you, if you could? No, you know, uh, people have often said to me, I think Hilda, I think I, Hilda should get an award for the worst dressed soap actress in the world. Yeah, why uh, doesn't Hilda have other clothes? I mean, what, what's with that Delhi jacket? I think it's something to do with the budget. Uh, now, the Delhi jacket <laughs> is now gone because she doesn't work at the Delhi anymore, which makes it even worse because... Um, oh, goodness. But I think the idea, which hasn't always been successfully translated to the designers, but I think Dani's original idea was that... Hilda has very bad dress sense. She thinks she looks fabulous, but she actually doesn't. But uh, she thinks she looks fabulous. But I think there's a very fine line between getting it just wrong and uh, looking awful, if you know what I mean. But, but, but there's something very interesting in that whole dynamic because it's very believable. I look at Hilda and I believe that you are like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I think what's also nice for me about the character—it's so far removed from me—that when I take that scarf off and, the, as you say in the olden days, the Delhi jacket, I could just, you know, shed her in instantly and become me again. So, what do you like to wear? As you can see, I'm, I quite like. I, I, okay, I, I like t- two different kinds of things. I love dressing up when I go out, and I love being comfortable. So those are the two extremes. So I saw someone, people were saying, uh, you know, you, you, you're quite bohemian. Would you agree with that? Is that the kind of style sense that you have? Um, in, in, you mean in, in, in my clothing? Yes. You know, I used to be incredibly bohemian when I was a student. I wore the most, and I had a, a friend who uh, designed all my clothes. So once I... I um, I got hold of a piece of material and it was like a sort of a 
velvety, purpley thing. Mm-hmm. And in those days, the fashion was the maxi and the mini. So I said to my friend, this thing is too long for a mini and too short for a maxi. So make a mini in the front and make a maxi at the back. So I thought that looked really fabulous. From the back, people thought I had a long dress, and then I turned round, and then I had a short dress in front. So, And that's I, all the rage today, <laughs> is it? Well, anyway, this is when I was a student, so we're looking at 45, 50 years ago. Um, so I used, to, I used to wear crazy things, but I, I don't really anymore. I think I'm, I'm too old now. Too old? Yes, I am quite old. Well, you're only as old as you feel, they say. Yes, that's true, or as old as you think you feel. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I, 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 I'm very young at heart, put it that way. No, that comes across. That, that comes across very yeah. clearly. King Damane asks, are you married? No, I've never been married. Why? Um, I don't know. You know, I think, I think my um, focus was very much on my career. Mm-hmm. And um, I did have a relationship that was quite serious for a number of years. But then we parted ways. And I, I just never got around to it. And I, I wasn't anybody that particularly... I'm not a particularly motherly person in terms of I didn't think I had a maternal instinct that had to be filled. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm very into my dogs. So it's just something that never happened, you know. But also it's not something that you regret or there's no, no void there. No, no. I, I've, I, everything I've ever done, all the mistakes I've made and stuff, I don't look back and regret. It's just all part of the journey, you know. And, um, you, you know, uh, looking at, uh, uh, apparently your father died at the age of 98. Yes, yes. No, but looking at you now and looking at just how sprightly you are, um, it augurs well, I'd say. Well, you know, I, I, I think that one doesn't mind uh, reaching a, a ripe old age, but as long as you're healthy, I think it's it's... I think health is the paramount thing. I think if you're healthy and and your mind is still functioning well, then I think it's fine to get old. But I think if you you know if you have um, illnesses and things, I think then it's it's you know and you just physically you just cannot do. I can't do what I used to be able to do even five years ago. So I think you does know, that concern you though, given that you don't have children are you concerned about you know your welfare and your well-being it is certainly something that that um pops up every now and again as a, as a bit of a concern but i try not to dwell on that you know uh, i think what must happen must happen but one mustn't one mustn't be um stupid in 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 the sense that one has to think of the future and one has to plan f- as as well as you can Mm. Uh, but I don't dwell on that, on the negative side of that. And your friends, uh, you know, um, how important a part of your life are they? My friends are everything to me. I have a handful of very, very dear friends, um, and a friendship is is what what you cultivate, and it's it's uh, one of your richest resources. You, your brother, um, his family, you know. Is that also an important part of 
you know, funny enough, my brother uh, also doesn't have children. Um, and he and I are very close, and I get on incredibly well with my uh, sister-in-law. Uh, she's a wonderful wife to my brother, and um, they live in the Cape, so I don't I don't see them that often. But my brother and I speak often on the on the phone, and he is also very, he's a very special guy. Very special, so special. I wish I had a brother who would fly up from Cape Town <laughs> to come and remodel my house. I mean, you do know a lot about me. <laughs> how I wish I had that to call up. But, um, yeah, I mean, that right there tells of just how special that bond is. Yeah, he He's a builder, as you mentioned, Um and, you know, in a funny way, it's also a very creative thing because uh, as an actor, you create something uh, that doesn't last. It's there for a moment. In fact, uh, especially theater, uh, and it changes from night to night. But uh, what my brother does, he's, he, he creates something from nothing, and then it is a structure, which is um, a very nice thing to be able to do. Well, we're in conversation this morning with uh, Annalisa Weiland, uh, better known as Hilda from Siewenderland. And we're taking your calls on 0891-104-208. Valhalla is calling from Port of Sturm. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. You've mentioned earlier on that so many people across the board identify with the character of Hilda. But I wonder if, if, if Annalisa is aware of the fact that I know also people across the board who have been nicknamed Hilda after the character. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not aware of that. (laughs) I wasn't aware of that. Do tell, (laughs) Valel. Yes, you know, um, I've I've lived most of my life in, 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 uh, lived and worked in black communities, uh, black in a generic sense of the word, uh, black African and colored communities. And particularly in the colored community, people are very fond of nicknames. Yeah, this and, is true. And, uh, yes, and, that and, is true, hey? Yes, 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 indeed. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I know of two ladies in our local colored community in Primoza who have been nicknamed Hilda. In fact, before I saw <laughs> What's I wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, Annalise, you've said earlier on, you know, that there was something wrong with Obas and Annalise, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know whether it is that. But, you know, it's so, so interesting that, that before I found, I actually tried to remember the actual names of these two people, and I can't. Uh, they <laughs> know they now, now Hilda. They now know exactly. as Hilda. <laughs> anyway, well, that's very sweet. And Valhelm, thanks so much for giving us a shout this yeah. morning. That's Valhelm in Port of Strum. And, and, and I can imagine that. And he's absolutely right about, you know, people loving to nickname, yes. uh, give nicknames to people. And um, I can see how someone can be a Hilda. I can see an Oba somewhere yeah. and all the other characters. Thanks for listening to SAFM this morning. We're in conversation with Annalisa Weiland, uh, who was, of course, the voice uh, that I surprisingly find out, uh, found out, uh, who... Uh, was the voice behind Heidi and, of course, better known as Hilda in Siewenderland. And also read that you have a particular interest in astrology. Yes. Um, Why? Why is that so fascinating? Um, at some point, uh, 
in my life, um, I moved to Port Alfred with a friend of mine. And uh, in a way, it was just to get a bit of perspective on my life and my career. And I thought I'd better do something to keep myself busy. I couldn't look at the sea all day and pick up shells. <laughs> so I um, did a course in uh, psychology through UNISA because I think being an actor, most actors are, or all actors are interested in people and what makes people tick and uh, um, what, how, you know, how people's minds work. And so I found it relatively interesting the the psychology, but it didn't answer all my questions. What were your questions about? My questions were about myself, why I could understand certain aspects of myself, but I couldn't understand particularly the slightly negative, uh, destructive bits of my personality, self-destructive, uh, which also sort of is echoed in some of the illnesses I've had, like rheumatoid arthritis, which is a very... Uh, uh, self-destructive. De- self it's, it's an autoimmune disease. Anyway, um, so the psychology didn't answer all my questions. And then I started developing an interest in astrology, but not in the... Um, it, it's more uh, astrology linked to psychology. So the kind of Jungian thing. And so much of that makes sense to me. It's all symbolic, you know, because you, you, it doesn't seem to make sense to say, you know, that planet was there at that time and that's why that kind of energy is influencing you now. But it makes sense to me. And it has helped me through difficult periods in my life. And um, I, I, it's like... Uh, Everybody goes through cycles, and it's like doing your homework. If you manage to crack some of the things that you're supposed to in that period, you could enjoy the following period mm. or the energies that come with that period more. Uh, otherwise, it's like a little fenterweinke, schlepping all the stuff that you haven't dealt with. That's a very interesting perspective. Uh, this one, unsigned uh, SMS says, Sakina Oba says, my yas, my yan, my nias, my nia. But I guess when uh, Hilda or Kuyavel appears, all changes. And I personally just love them together. Uh, she's one of our own. Uh, please be blessed. And Simon says, oh, my word, Heidi, the laugh. I bought the Heidi series. I must get it, Simon. And I can't believe I'm hearing Heidi, Mrs. Rottenmeier and Peter. Um, yes, Heidi, please say my name, Simon. Well, hello, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just heard that. Heidi, watching Heidi do that live in studio. Temoko and Mulitsane, good morning. Hello, hello, how are you? Good, and you? I'm good. I, I want to talk to the, the, the lady. I love her. Oh, Tell okay. her that I love her so very much. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and you, 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 uh, you and Matrone and uh, my, 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 my day. You make my day. Oh, thank you so much. 
Okay. I'm not going to tell Matruna because I'm not supposed to like her. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call. And um, this one here from um, Joanna. Joanna says, enjoying the hearty laughter with the delightful Hilda. Uh, such good medicine for the soul after a week of hectic news. And I think that's exactly what we were aiming for. And I see Apiwe is coming in because people are asking for a pick. So uh, we'll upload one for you uh, soon. And of course, uh, just uh, winding up our chat here with Hilda, with Heidi, and uh, just uh, getting to know more about her, what makes her tick. Uh, we spoke about, you see, the deep stuff gets me yeah. because she can get very deep. <laughs> so, um, you know, also uh, the whole story around evolution and your views on evolution. Just chat to me about that because I have my own very strong views about evolution. Um. Uh, what, what exactly about evolution? Do you, do you want to have my... What are your beliefs? Well, I think it's a tricky subject because it, 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 it touches on the religious thing. Mm. Um, but your religion is your religion. And your I don't religion, think you should have to be apologetic for no, no, those no, beliefs. No, 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 not at all. Um, I believe that uh, the human being evolves uh, as is dictated to by society. So um, I think we are a species that has to adapt to whatever the world is changing into. And um, I, I don't believe that we come from the ape and then we, well, maybe we do, but um, I, I, believe, I, I believe that we're there to, to evolve as more a spirit in the spiritual sense. Yes, as as and I, but I think we are we are animals in the sense that we have to survive. You know, we have to survive. We have to find something to eat. We have to find uh, 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 money to to be able to buy stuff. We've got to you know we've got to survive, and I think we adapt to to be able to do that. What is the one thing that you would love to do before all is said and done? I think I would love to be able to do an extensive uh, trip with maybe a handful. You know, I did a a walk recently with very dear friends. We walked in, um, I've got a a very good friend in Switzerland and well, she's like a sister to me. I've known her for 60 years or 60 more, more than 60 years. And um, we did a walk in the mountains in Switzerland. And that was such a, a wonderful, uh, it, it, first of all, it's good for one. And it just allows you time to reflect and stuff. And so we walked in the day and we drank wine at night, which is a lovely combination, I think. Yeah, sounds very tranquil. Yeah. You didn't see Heidi in the mountain? <laughs> no. <laughs> you didn't even think oh, about Oh, my Heidi. goodness. I should have looked out for her. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and um, I also saw somewhere that uh, you said that you would love to uh, do a one-woman uh, show. Is that still something that's on the cards for you? You know, uh, at some point, um, I, I wanted to do something like that. I think in retrospect, I think a one-woman show would be great if I had the right material and that sort of thing. But it's a very lonely process, you know, um, 
you are there on on the sta- up on the on the stage every night all on your own um and i think part of the joy of theater is sharing it sharing it with somebody somebody else so i i think i'd rather do a two-hander <laughs> i think we've changed my mind which, which is very interesting yeah. and you know people do have the right to change their mind yeah but 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 what led you what what made that an attractive prospect to begin with I think it affords you the ability to be able to take it anywhere. You know, you literally, if you've got a one-man show, you can perform it anywhere. Um, Whereas if it's a a bigger show, then logistically it becomes much more difficult. So I think that that was the the primary interest in in the one-man show. Well, we're going to leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much uh, for coming through and uh, sharing with us just your life story, allowing us into it and uh, letting us get to know Hilda, the real person behind Hilda, Annalisa Weiland. Thanks so much for your time this thank morning. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, so did we. And thank you so much for your participation and, of course, the weekend coming up. And I hope you will have a fantastic one uh, with everything that's going on. Don't work too hard. Don't party too hard. Make sure you're safe. Thanks to the production team, uh, Stagazelo and uh, also Apiwe Honono. And then there's Mark Preller, there's Shwe Shwe and our um, uh, producers, our executive producers, Aubrey Sachia and Krivani Pele and Stagazello, um, thank you so much for all the hard work and you and Apiwe, the pick, that's you. Listeners, it's them. They are responsible for uploading it. But of course, playing out with a nice piece of music and have a fantastic weekend. Baby, sure ain't gonna be your dog. 